0: Genesis 21, 22 through 34. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, "'God is with you in all that you do. "'Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me "'or with my descendants or with my posterity, "'but as I have dealt kindly with you, "'so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned.' "'And Abraham said, "'I will swear.'" When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart, and Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven new lambs you will take from my hand that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God, and Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Interesting little detail here uh, about yeah. this well um, and uh, this interaction, continuing interaction between Abraham and Abimelech. Um, you know, <laughs> Abraham has this kind of interesting relationship with Abimelech. He kind of pulls the whole like Sarah's really my sister trick with him as right. he had done in Egypt. I do think and, and even in our little study of this section, I think the more I'm understanding those accounts, the more I think it is about as we've been saying, this is just evidence that Abraham is God's elect, he is God's chosen, he is mm-hmm. God's favored one. And I think that Abimelech kind of drives that home right here, right? Uh, right. They, they they basically say, like, look, we, we realize like there is some special anointing on you. God has been kind to you, and so we just want to make sure that we're square with you. They're recognizing Abraham's, um, you know, Abraham's favor—the favor that he had gotten from God—and um, then, of course, there's like, okay, let's clear our debts. And Abraham's like, well, there is this one thing. Let's <laughs> right. talk about the. Well. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So what? Are, yeah. What are your thoughts on the? Yeah. Passage? Well,
0: I think. Um... It's interesting that Abimelech, you know, we don't have any sense that he actually believes in the promises of God, and yet he shows great respect, like he recognizes who God is, and he respects him and honors him in that kind of distant way. It's like it... It shows us that at a very minimum, and Jesus used to say this too to people, like you should respect who God is. Like you should at least acknowledge that God has come and humble yourself before him in that way. And we see that Abimelech did that and he receives blessing, but the king of Sodom did not. Right, And he obviously met with, yeah, yeah, met with destruction. So, um, that's kind of an interesting thing to see when I kings will bless Earth, those who bless you, and yeah, I will curse those. Yeah, and we see that all through the Old Testament, you. like with other kings, who, like Cyrus, and you know those people. But anyway, um, but then yes, this well, I think it's interesting that he dug the well in the land that he has a sojourner, but it is kind of a way of making claim to yeah, the land. Yeah. So again, it's like another evidence of Abraham's trusting that this is his land and yet not grasping for it like he's not taking it by force. he's still willing to just follow God and wait for the time yeah, and
1: still to fulfill that. Being said here at least as the land of the Philistines uh, even though right. it is the Negev, it's part of the promise um, you know I went down there one time uh, you can you can go down there into the Negev uh, and go like near Beersheba. And I mean, there's still like a spring there or something. I mean, there's still like this evidence. It's not much going on there. If you do a typical Holy Land trip, you don't do it. Okay. But uh, I was randomly down there because we were, I can't even remember why. Um, it, I was, I was on a trip and I can't remember why we had gone down there, but uh, we went near this site and I mean, it's just, this part of Israel's very, there's not much going on there. Mm. Um, it's, it's a very kind of barren and um empty place. So yeah, it's just interesting to think about that, but there is this spring there and likely that that's associated with this. So uh, yeah, it's a very interesting uh, little passage. Um, and I do think it's just reiterating some of these themes that we see. Abraham is this chosen one of God. And as people recognize that there is a blessing and as people don't recognize that there is a curse. And and, and obviously the same is true with the ultimate anointed of God, the son, Jesus who as we come close to Jesus and recognize Jesus and recognize what Jesus has done uh, um, you know, on earth, um, there is blessing that we can make. We can enter into a peaceful and, and happy and blessed relationship uh, with him.
0: Right, and you can see that Abraham is growing in his uh, theology of God, even in this little snippet where he recognizes God as the everlasting God and that these promises do have, you know, are not just promises to him in this lifetime or even to just his family, that this has, um, you know, great uh, spiritual meaning and uh, everlasting meaning for those who will um, believe as he is believing uh, in the God of promise. So it's kind of cool to see, mm. again, him getting this depth of understanding of who God is as he walks with him.
1: Definitely. Well, for Jennifer McClish, I'm Jason Dees.